0: Jesus' birth doesn't begin the night in the stable. It begins a whole lot longer before. And the first reading tells that story in a genealogy. Now, most people, some people get bored with the genealogy, but it tells a story. See if you can listen to the story as we read. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, The son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam the father of Abijah. Abijah the father of Asa. Asa the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah the father of Jotham. Jotham the father of Ahaz. Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah the father of Manasseh. Manasseh the father of Ammon; Ammon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile. Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud. Abiud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Elihud. Elihud, the father of Eliaza. Eliaza, the father of Matan. Matan, the father of Jacob. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary, was the mother of Jesus who is called the Messiah thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David 14 from David to the exile to Babylon and 14 from the exile to the Messiah Merry Christmas everyone and where's Wally here and we've come to the land of Christmas celebration myself And wolf, oh, g'day, g'day, (laughs) happy Christmas. And we've got everything ready. We have a manger, yep, check. And straw in the manger, check. And a baby in the manger, check. (laughs) All right, and of course, a confetti cannon, which, when we let it off, will unleash... A whole barrage of confetti into the air with a very loud bang. Oh, that's great. Can we let it off? Do you think we should let it off right now? Go on, go on, go on. You don't want to? Oh, okay. Oh, there's one other thing that we need to celebrate Christmas, and that is, what is it? A calendar. Eh. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, of course, we need a calendar to celebrate Jesus' birth. We've got to know when to celebrate him. We've got to look at all the days. Hang on, hang on here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We celebrate every person one day a year on their birthday. <clears throat> Today is Christmas Day, Jesus' birthday. When we celebrate him, why do we need a calendar? <laughs> Well, we need a calendar to celebrate him every single day. Why? Because he is not normal, not not just like a normal baby. Okay, he is different. Now, here is a bucket of water. Okay, all right. Now, most people think that Jesus being born, or maybe you think like this, is like, you know, just a drop in a bucket. One baby gets born, plop. Another date, baby will get born tomorrow. what's so different about Jesus? Okay, all right. Well, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was just practicing throwing my voice to you, Wally. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, all right. Um, well, let me explain. Now, I just need to, um, hang on, I just need to put you down for a moment, just for a moment, not permanently. What do you mean? Anyway, that'll come later in life, I'm sure. Anyway, okay, just just hang down there. All right, so the story of Jesus being born, of course, is like a marble through a long tube. This may not have occurred to you before. (laughs) Strange. All right, thank you very much. Okay, so imagine this end is Christmas Day. All right, so when we remember Jesus being born, and our eyes are on the end, Okay, on well, Jesus being born, right? When he comes out of the tube. <laughs> sorry, that's a bit weird. Um, okay, so anyway, when Jesus is born, sorry about that, unscripted. All right, when Jesus is born. <laughs> so, but the Bible story tells it with a long lead up, and it is really, really long. Whoa! And many things happen before. We get to Christmas Day when Jesus is born. Okay, now, all right, let me explain. I think to make this more clear, I need 14 volunteers, 14 kids to come out the front. Would that be okay? All right, so all I need you to do is to stand up along the front, along the front of of here. This is great. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Really need you. It's going to be hard to work without it. 14. We've got, uh, you can actually stand up here just on the front. That's good. Okay, come on up, come on up. Come on, guys, come on. We need you. Come on, come on, come on. I won't do anything embarrassing, I promise. <laughs> well, not to you. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Now, the store, how many have we got? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 12. Come on up. Yay. Andrew, do you want to come on up? Mate, yeah? Come on, come on. We really need you. It would be really great. All right. Anyway, we'll make do with these. Okay, all right. So the story begins with Jesus' family tree. And here we have Abraham. Now, I need you to be Abraham. So what you've got to do, you get your fingers and be like have a beard. Can you do that? Okay. <laughs> Would anyone else like to be Abraham? No. Okay, come down here. All right. You can be Isaac. All right, very good. Oh, he's got one. All right. Okay, that's great. All right, okay. (laughs) This is good. Okay, so the story began with Abraham. Okay. And God made a promise to Abraham he would bring blessing to the world through one of Abraham's. Descendants. Okay, Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob the father of Judah. Judah the father of Perez, I think. Alright, and it kept going down. <laughs> the father, the father, the father, the father, 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 father of Jesse, who was the father of King David. And David became a king. <laughs> hey. All right now. So God made a promise to bring blessing to all the world through Abraham. And now we're really interested in Abraham's family, aren't we? Because we're going to wonder, who is the son of Abraham that God brings blessing to the world through? And now it's David. And God makes a promise to David and says, I'm going to um, establish a kingdom that will last forever, and it will be bigger than any other kingdom. It will involve people from all around the world, and this will happen through one of your sons. And now we're really, really interested in David's family because of that promise. Do you mind if I just take that for a moment? So David, of course, was the father of Solomon. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and then it kept going down. The father of the father of father of father 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 father, father of who was the father of Jeconiah. (laughs) I can't remember Jeconiah's name. All right. Now, the thing about Jeconiah was his crown got taken away. Oh, no more kings for Jeconiah. In fact, his crown was replaced with chains. Oh, dear. Because Jeconiah went into exile. Oh, dear. But what do we do with the promise that God made... Abraham back here, whoops, and that God made David, whoops, down here. Were you David? Pretend you're, oh, you Oh, you were David. Oh, sorry. All right. What do we do with those promises? Because the promise still stands. So now we're still interested in Jeconiah's family tree. Whoa. So Jeconiah was the father of someone who was the father of someone, 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 someone. Eliakin, Abiud, all those funny names, okay, who got the father of Jacob, Jacob, who was the father of Joseph, to whom was married Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, okay, all right, okay, well done, well done, well done. <laughs> well done. Okay, so what all, this is very, very interesting because what it does is it tells us there was a long lead-up to the birth of Jesus, and we need to be aware of this because this really helps us understand. Give a round of applause to all our volunteers. Thank you very much. You can sit down. You can sit down. Now, the birth, that family tree tells a story. Did you pick it up? I hope you did. Okay. All right, first of all, we had the beard, Abraham. All right, what does that tell us? God has a plan to bring blessing to the whole world. And by blessing, I don't mean just things will go well for you. It means that there's a reversal of sin and all the damage that sin has done to our world, and it will come through one of Abraham's descendants, and it will come to the nations of the world through him. We want to know if we can be part of that story, don't we? This is our story too because it involved the nations of the world but it focuses in on a particular family. Okay, then we get up to David. Now, the promise that God made to David tells us that to be blessed by God is to be involved in his kingdom, to be a citizen of the king, the king who would reign over an eternal kingdom and last forever. And when Jesus came, we know he proclaimed the kingdom of God which he opened up for us. So to be blessed by God means to be part of God's kingdom. Finally, with Jeconiah, the wonderful news about Jesus coming after Jeconiah is that this tells us that Jesus came to set us free from what binds us. Now, in Jeconiah's day, it was really chains like this. But, of course, all of us are in chains to sin and death and slavery To Satan. Whoa! Jesus came to set us free. He is the son of Abraham, bring blessing to the world, the son of David, who establishes a kingdom that we can be part of, and also he comes to set us free. And that's just the introduction. You should hear the story. I can't wait to part two.
1: This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
0: All right. Now, hang on. Oh, woof, you've got something to say. Yes, yes, I was listening. I was listening to that reading. Oh, dear. Poor old Joseph. Can I have the clicker, Mr. Simon? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay, what was your problem? Well, I was listening. well, your glasses are a bit bent there. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I was listening and poor old Joseph, you know. Have you ever had a day when things don't work out? Have you had a day like that? Yes. Like when you've buried a bone and you go back to dig it up and you find another dog has dug it up before you. That's happened? Yeah wasn't good. <laughs> All right. Well, Joseph's having a bit of a day like that. Here is Joseph. He looks a really nice guy. <laughs> he he is. He, he he is a good guy. He's described as righteous, meaning that he treated people rightly. He cared about other people. He tried to live faithfully before God. And wonderful news. Joseph is engaged to be married to a lovely young girl named Mary. Can we see Oh, there she is. Yay. Now, being engaged back then, you need to understand, is even more significant than it is today. Joseph and Mary would have had become, to become engaged before their parents and the elders of the town who would have agreed by law that from that moment, Joseph had to marry Mary. And if the relationship was broken off, that could, they, they needed a divorce to do it. So it was a legally binding thing that they entered into. Wow. All right. And the other thing to understand is that Mary and Joseph didn't live together, and even though they were engaged, they wouldn't have had a chance to be alone together. Very significant for the story, right? Okay. Um, But still, Joseph was engaged to be married to a lovely young woman. Well, that's all right, isn't it? Things are looking good, except for one thing, Mary was pregnant. Now, for a while... Joseph didn't know it. Mary, we know, was away from town. She was staying with her mother's cousin, Elizabeth, in the hill country of Judea, probably until she started showing. And then when she came back, well, you can imagine Joseph's reaction. Oh, my goodness. Where did that come from? All right. Okay, because Joseph knows that it takes... (laughs) It, Joseph knows what it takes to make a woman pregnant with a baby, and that is normally another man, right? And Joseph knows, well, it wasn't him, so he's thinking it must have been someone else. The shame! That's exactly right. So here they are, oh dear. If Mary was a pregnant was pregnant by another man, then Joseph couldn't marry Mary. The strain! Of the shame. What he could do was he could take her before the elders of the town, he could get a public divorce, the fame of the strain of the shame of the dame. (laughs) And before the elders, if Joseph wanted to, it was legal, he could have Mary stoned, which means rocks thrown at her until she died died the pain of the fame of the strain of the shame of the day thank you wolf that's enough (laughs) all right now we of course know that mary was not guilty of anything wrong the child in her didn't come from any other man it was of god put there by the power of the holy spirit whoa that's exactly right joseph knew nothing of this for him all his plans were muddled and mixed. But here's the thing. None of this was outside of God's plan or control. In fact, God was in charge of everything. Now, I just want to show you this. I'm going to do a magic trick. Wolf, again, I need to put you down. We'll advise the vet later. Sorry. What do you mean? Oh, sorry. All right. All right. Um, I do need someone who would like to come up and help me with a magic trick. Would you like to come up? Okay. Okay. Now, the crucial question, first of all, Jock, would you mind standing over here? Is can you solve the Rubik's Cube? Not without the internet, okay. (laughs) All right. So here is the Rubik's Cube. Now, there are many, many puzzles in life, aren't there? And trying to figure out the puzzle of God's plans and what God is doing in our world is sometimes like trying to solve the Rubik's Cube, although with a few more dimensions added into it. Very, very, Complicated. God's plans are impossible for us to work out. Now, what about our plans? Okay, here is a little one. <laughs> These are your plans, Joel, and all of our plans, and um, I want you just to try and solve that right now. Hurry up, time's ticking. <laughs> How are you doing? It's a bit stiff, isn't it? That's like our plans, they need oiling and to. Uh, that's all right. How are you going there? Oh, you've got some whites together. The other side looks absolutely terrible, but um, that's like our plans, isn't it? You know You get one side worked out and the other side's a chamozzle. Um, all right. How are you doing there? Not very good. OK. All right. Now our plans can be really messy, too, can't they? We can try and solve them, and often we just make things more messy. Hmm. OK. But, okay, I think we'll just stop there, thanks. I mean, we could keep going for an hour, but what do you reckon? Do you think you'd solve it in an hour? No. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now, remember Joseph's plans, all right? But his plans are part of a much, much bigger thing. God's plans over there. Okay. All right. Now, Joseph thought that his plans were messed up. Let's see. And he didn't know which way God's plans were going either. Hmm. Where do his plans fit within God's own plans? Well, I'm not sure. Well, the amazing thing about Joseph's plans is that even though God was seemingly changing things in Joseph's life, God had it all worked out, you see, so that whichever way you looked at it, and I don't know if you can see this, but the mess of Joseph's life exactly matched God's plans. Whichever way you looked at it, Astounding, isn't it, really? Thank you so much. You must have done the right three rules. Well done. How did you do that, Joel? <laughs> I think God had it all worked out. All right. Okay. Well, it's just as well that God is in charge because Joseph has been making plans to divorce Mary. And if that happened, guess what that would mean for us? That means we have no Saviour. How? I hear you ask. Simple. Two reasons. Number one. The saviour of the world has to be born from God. To be from God, that means that the saviour has to be born to a virgin. If, she, if he was born just to a mum and a dad, he would not be from God. He would be from people, right? But for the saviour who's come from God to save us, to take us back there, he needs to be from God. That means he needs to be born to a virgin. More than that, secondly... He needs to be born to a virgin who is married to someone from King David's family line. Why? Because the king, who is the son of David, was to be the saviour. And therefore, Jesus had to be born into King David's family. Joseph's in that family. That's why he was called this Joseph the son of David. Oh, dear. All right. Because Joseph was a descendant of David. That's why he was born in Bethlehem, because Bethlehem was the town of or the city of David. So for for Jesus to be the saviour from God, he needed to be born to a virgin who was marrying someone in David's family line. My goodness, what boggling plans God has. And yet, of course, it goes further. Because Jesus needed to be conceived at a special point in time, while they were engaged. Why, I hear you ask? Because if... Mary had become pregnant before Joseph and Mary were engaged. Joseph would have never got got engaged to Mary. That means the child born would not be the son of David. In David's family line, we have no Christ. Because the Christ is the son of David. More than that, if, um, if Mary had conceived after they had got married, well, how could you say that the child was of God? So the child... To be our saviour had to be conceived while uh, Joseph was engaged to Mary. Things for Joseph, however, are complicated, right? So, mm, now that Joseph, seeing Mary is pregnant, he's now making plans to break off the engagement. So God's plan seems to have taken a few unexpected turns. So how could it be solved? Although Joseph is righteous, and he won't do anything to harm Mary's life, he's still pondering his plans to divorce her. And it looks so messy. But, you know, what is really messy to us is, in fact, perfect to God. Astounding! Does God work that out? Anyway, <laughs> yes, it worked. All right. <laughs> okay. So here's what happened. Here's how God worked it all out. So God sent an angel to Joseph in a dream and told him the information Joseph didn't have, that he was not to be afraid to take Mary home as his wife, because the child in Mary came, didn't come from another man but from God conceived in Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that she would give birth to the Son of God. And Joseph was to name their child Jesus, because, uh, which means the Lord saves, because he would save his people from their sins. That is the first name which speaks to all of us here. Remember the promise to Abraham? Blessing to the nations of the world through the Son of Abraham. The promise to King David. You can be part of the kingdom of God, an eternal kingdom through the son of David. And now he is the saviour who lets go of the chains. You might think, I don't need saving. Really? After you die, what's going to happen? When we face the Lord, I don't know if this exactly will happen, but it's as if. He will play a DVD of our lives, all our thoughts, all our words, the good things we've done, the things, good things we should have done but didn't do, the bad things we've done, the whole lot. And he's going to play it. And guess what? When he plays it for each one of us, each one of us will be found wanting. We will need saving at that point. But here's what God does in Jesus. He sends a saviour. And Jesus, whereas our DVD is bad and corrupted, Jesus comes on. And he lives the life that we haven't lived so that we can be saved. And he dies to take the punishment for all the bad we've done, so that we can be let off. That's how he saves us from our sins. And he dies, and he rises again, which shows that he really can conquer death for all those who trust in him. So what we need to do is to trust in him. Well, that's what the first um, name means. The real test of whether or not we pay any attention is in the second name given to Jesus. In the Bible passage, Matthew told us that Jesus was also to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you say, that sounds really nice. I have no idea what that possibly means for me. (laughs) Okay, luckily God has told us 700 years before in the prophet Isaiah, these words made famous by George Frederick Handel in Handel's Messiah, for unto us a child is born. They tell us, what the significance of this name means. To us, the Son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, meaning he will be a ruler, he will be a king. He will be called, this is his name, Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father. So he will be God, God with us. And here's what it means. He will reign over the throne of, his father, of David and over his kingdom, what does it mean for God to be with us, to God to be Emmanuel? It means that he is going to set up a kingdom which he invites all of us to be part of by believing in the king who came, the saviour who died for us and rose again to give us life and hope and freedom from everything that otherwise would shut us off from God. That is what it means. Now, let me just show you. Woo. Maybe. No, I don't think I can. <laughs> don't worry. Um, that's a magic trick that didn't work. All right. But I think it's time to set off the confetti cannon. Because we've heard about the great news of Jesus coming. We've heard about why it's Christmas is so important. We've heard about what it means that Jesus has been born into the world. The Saviour, the King, the Son of Abraham, the Son of David, who comes to set us free from our chains. Shall we let it off? I think we should pray first. Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you that he died and lived and died and rose again for us to save us from sin and death and Satan and your wrath. And thank you, God, that he is the one worth following and we want to be part of his kingdom. And today we celebrate his birth and thank you so much for him. In Jesus' name, amen. I think we should count down from 10, but when you get to zero, you've got to shout out the name Jesus. Are you ready? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one! I can't believe it. Jesus!